Hello and welcome to the 365 Talk Social Media Podcast. My name is Amy and this week I thought I would just talk through some social media news that I think is just really insightful to break down lots of different things but talk about them in a little bit more depth. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. I absolutely love just kind of keeping up to date with what's going on in social media and as anyone that works within social media too knows is that things change so quickly. It's so difficult to keep up. So that's what I'm going to be doing today, just kind of going through some of the headlines that are worth knowing, especially from someone that doesn't have the time to keep ahead of the game. Hopefully this podcast does serve that purpose for you. So with that all said and done, let's dive straight into it. So the first headline here is that TikTok holds its lead as the most downloaded app once again in June of this year, which I'm not at all surprised about. I think that they've really hit the nail on the head in terms of providing entertainment. Facebook became almost like a video platform in the sense that I know people that would just sit on Facebook and scroll through videos as opposed to scrolling through the feed. So I feel like they've nailed that in a platform. Obviously, it's really immersive. It's full screen. It's, you know, it's all of those things that you want when viewing content on a mobile device. But it's also like short and sharp and snappy. And so it's really easy to digest a lot of content. So you could go on TikTok, for example, be on there for 15 minutes if you have willpower, maybe longer, and you consume so much. And the For You page as well really adapts to your own interests and preferences in terms of where you kind of jump off the app, where you engage, where you watch videos over and over, and it learns what you like, even without following tons of different creators or anything like that, it learns very quickly. So you could go on TikTok and digest a lot of content that's really appropriate for you. And also people learn a lot of things. People, you know, it's like lockdown of last year, everyone was learning to make that whipped coffee and all of these things that, you know, you watch it once you get really intrigued and then you start creating content, then more people create videos. And I just absolutely love the platform from a consumer point of view in terms of I enjoy using TikTok, but I also just find it so interesting how it's grown so quickly and how it has just really engaged a wide range of people and the fact it's the most downloaded social media app, but just generally the app in general is really telling on how popular it is and where it's really going nowhere especially as we're coming out of the pandemic I think that a lot of trends that we've seen in social media everyone kind of questions that when we return to a pre-pandemic state in terms of normality now we can obviously this week in the UK all restrictions have ended it's always a bit curious to see how will things change but I think the consumption of TikTok is only going to keep growing and especially loads of people start getting into creating content and it makes it so easy from just a user point of view but then even as businesses people are getting really savvy and creative in terms of how they're creating content on the platform and I've talked a lot about TikTok on this podcast but I definitely think that it's an app that everyone should be keeping one eye on for sure and if you're not creating content on there you definitely should because you're missing a huge community and I've seen it work so well for businesses as well don't just say it's like a consumer to consumer platform it's not it can be business to consumer as well I've seen tons of businesses get it right granted a lot of the ones I see are very food based so like visually it's very enticing and it makes you want to eat whatever they're making but it could work across so many different industries with a bit of creativity so as I mentioned last week you know have a little research in terms of how that could work for your business and come up with some ideas at the end of the day you can always delete 
a TikTok if you think it's absolutely terrible, but I think just practicing and getting into it is half the battle. Next up, Instagram story drafts are now available to all users. So Instagram announced that this feature was coming back in March and now all users have the option to save their Instagram stories as drafts within the app which is really cool. Amazing, especially if you natively post things for your business. So when you choose to save a stories draft, a new alert will notify you that stories drafts are deleted a week after you save them. So they won't be waiting for you forever, but the option does provide you with additional scope for putting together more comprehensive crafted compositions, which you can tell then share the best time for your audience. And obviously this is a really great feature for social media managers who are looking to post at optimum times. Although that said, I have used external apps in the past where you can create Instagram stories and kind of like curate how they look and then post them on Instagram but I guess it just cuts out the middleman and with it being native to Instagram it's a bit more convenient in terms of creational flow and also you'll be able to use all of the Instagram features within your drafts so it's a lot easier to use than using third parties and it means that you can use tons of their different um, features that obviously, as I've mentioned before, push you to the front of people's story kind of profile at the top, because the more Instagram features you use, the more that they basically put you ahead of other people because they reward you for using the features that they put out. So that's really, really cool to see and something I'm definitely going to be playing around with kind of going forward as well. Now, I've just seen one of these headlines. This sounds really cool. So Messenger, Facebook Messenger has launched sound emojis to another element as your replies. So it kind of linked with World Emoji Day, but Messenger announced that they are launching new sound emojis, which are emojis that play a short audio clip, providing another interactive element to your message threads. Now this, for some reason, reminds me of old school MSN days where like a widget would turn up and like play on your screen. I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but this is kind of what they remind me of, but less... I don't know, like less in your face. You could reply, for example, with like clapping hands, it would make an actual clapping hands sound. Sound emojis are a next level emoji that lets you send short sound clips in a messenger chat, ranging from clapping, crickets, drum roll, and evil laughter to audio clips from your favorite artists like Rebecca Black, is Rebecca Black one of our favorite artists? Okay. Um, and your favorite TV shows and movies like Universal Pictures, um, NBC, Universal Television, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Netflix, Bridgerton and stuff like that. So they're making it really more than just an emoji by the sounds of it. They're making it kind of like a talking gif-like thing. Really interested to see how this works. This could obviously become an engaging and interesting addition to your chat threads, which could be a bit of a hit for the app and the way that people use Facebook Messenger. So Facebook has says as well, the reason that they have actually added this feature is that people send more than 2.4 billion messages within with emojis on Messenger every single day. So leaning into that usage makes sense. And with more people now open to audio elements because of things like TikTok and actually having a phone, I guess, on loud as opposed to on silent, I definitely grew up in kind of the silent generation where our phones never made a sound. They can add more audio elements to Messenger. And where I've kind of touched on the kind of sound of it. 88% of TikTok users, for example, say that sound is essential to the TikTok experience. So when you're kind of app jumping, you're likely to keep that sound on. So this is definitely something for Facebook to basically try out. And it could be a bit of a marketing opportunity. And, you know, it's probably going to be select people that use them all the time. But the fact that it's there and they have them in their arsenal, you know, why not? It's 
it could just be a bit of fun. So all you have to do now is update your Messenger app. And if you tap the smiley face to open the expressions menu, then select the loudspeaker icon. From there, you can preview and send your sound emoji as stickers. And Facebook have said that they'll continue to update this library as well. So what is on there at the moment is you know, the beginning of it, but they hope to increase it more and more and it will include famous voices and add your own audio response options and things like that. So that's really cool to see. Um, I've also seen that this headline where Twitter has said that they are testing new layout for images, which is something we've known for a good couple of weeks now, but they're also considering adding a limited time tweet editing option. There's not tons of detail in this, to be honest, so it gives no time scale necessarily. So it's saying, for example, that if Twitter let you edit tweets within a few minutes of posting them, would you want to subscribe to that as a service or would you like it basically across the whole app? So I guess they're here trying to potentially add this as a paywall, which is quite interesting because I think this is something that everyone would benefit from. The reason, and this is something definitely to consider because when I talk about Twitter to other people, one of the first things people say is the frustration of not being able to edit a tweet. But you have to bear in mind that especially tweets that gain a lot of traction, if it gains lots and lots of traction and then the tweet itself changed, that could cause a lot of problems. So, you know, say worst case scenario, someone changes generally a funny tweet that loads of people are retweeting because it's funny, changes it to a really controversial issue. That's then on a lot of people's feeds. And you've seen in the past where like celebrities and that have retweeted or quote tweeted content from other platforms that has been particularly controversial and that has actually led them to being somewhat cancelled and they've had to be accountable for the content they retweet so if there's an option to edit that that is potentially really dangerous so yeah I'm I kind of am on the fence I really do understand why having an edit function could work because if you have misspelled a word and it's kind of out and already gaining traction. You don't want to delete that from an engagement point of view because it's just annoying because then you have to do it again. The same people aren't likely to retweet it again, but there has to be a limit. There has to be a boundary in my opinion. So we'll see obviously what the Twitter editing, you know, thing actually comes out. This article doesn't give us too much information at all. Um, but obviously if it's something they're considering, then perhaps this is the beginning of something really special in terms of Twitter which could be really great. Um, I also want to stick onto Twitter as well because after less than a year, Twitter is retiring its story-like fleet option. Did anyone actually use fleets? Um, I'm, I was really confused because Twitter for me is a main kind of like word and text format where people use imagery to help to outline what they're saying. But in my perspective, it's like a content first platform, not an image first platform. So for them to add that kind of like stories feature didn't make too much sense. And I didn't use it at all on the platform, like from a personal point of view. However, they are now retiring fleets. And it just shows that following the trends on social in terms of a like development point of view, that doesn't work for Twitter. So for them to like copy that format of Instagram made no sense because like it does it that's not what people use your platform for. And if they want to use that, then they're likely to have a Instagram account where they've got an audience where they can use it too. And I also saw a lot of people just repeat the same kind of content on Instagram stories and fleets. And it's just like, no one likes that repetition. So 
Twitter have basically said that fleets will now be around for two more weeks and there'll be no more, with Twitter instead looking to shift the focus onto its audio space tool instead. So someone from Twitter said, we built fleets as a lower pressure way for people to share their fleeting thoughts. We hoped fleets would help more people feel comfortable joining the conversation on Twitter. But in the time since we introduced fleets to everyone, we haven't seen an increase in the number of new people joining the conversation with fleets like we hoped. I never really understood that that was the reason that they introduced it. So that's obviously quite interesting. And as well, Twitter hadn't ever provided any official data on fleet usage. In response to that, Twitter said, we're seeing some new activity and new demographics utilizing fleets to solve the problem of people not wanting to tweet because they feared it's staying around for too long. And for that use case, it worked very well and then it certainly has taken on. It certainly has seen a different audience than we normally see, but we still have much to learn and a lot to figure out in terms of like where it goes from here. So yeah, I mean, I don't understand the fact that why why would you want to like fleet something instead of tweet it unless it's offensive or you want it to not be like on your record forever? It's just not something I ever understood and I never saw any kind of businesses using it either so yeah we will see what kind of happens to that and then the last thing I'm going to talk about today there's honestly tons that I could chat about today but I never want these podcasts to be too long even though I know that I like to chat a lot and the next thing is that Facebook adds new tools for groups including expert badges and automatic invites for page fans this is great because groups on facebook are growing and growing so much and we have seen so much success from a brand point of view where they have private facebook pages either for employees or just general fans that it's more of an experience than just using the public page and we've talked a lot about that in previous episodes there is specifically one where we talk about Facebook groups and Lucy joined me for that where we kind of had that chat so definitely head back to that if Facebook groups is something that you are particularly interested in finding a little bit more about because there's so much growth there and when it comes to building a community online nothing does it better in my opinion than a Facebook group because you just get some of the best conversations in there. However, back to the article, Facebook has announced that some new additions for groups, including recognized community experts, new ways to attract members based on their expertise and auto invites for engaged followers of associated pages. The main new addition is a new group expert designation, which provides another way to highlight top contributors to your page. So as explained by Facebook, they have said there are more than 70 million admins and moderators running active Facebook groups around the world. Many of these groups are home to subject matters experts who love to share their knowledge from fitness trainers to highly skilled crafters. Now it's easier than ever to help experts stand out in groups and offer ways for them to engage within their communities. So this is quite cool because it's also saying that admins will now be able to host Q&A sessions with these experts and invite experts into group discussions for additional perspective. So Facebook has been experimented with similar group member badges in the past. So you might have seen things like visual storyteller, rising star and other markers to help entice people to keep commenting and engaging. There is a particular study, I don't have it in front of me now, but it showcases that someone with a badge within a group is way more likely to obviously engage because you have to maintain that badge. So as like a top contributor, you'd have to be active at a certain level like every day or be within the top percentage of engaged audiences. So it kind of encourages a bit of competitiveness in terms of people wanting that badge and to be marked as that. So Facebook has been testing the option over the past couple of weeks with more groups now set to see the tool within their settings really soon. 
So in addition to this, for some groups, Facebook's also giving the admins capacity to search outside their communities for experts in specific topics. They can then reach out to these users in order to bring them into their discussions as recognized experts. So it's kind of bringing like a bit of a LinkedIn vibe to the way that groups work, which I think would work really well because if you have something that is particularly niche, you could search for someone that is kind of a particular expert within that niche and grow that from a Facebook perspective. But with LinkedIn, it is a lot more kind of professional led. Whereas with Facebook, there is that slightly toned down way that people do communicate. And I think that that would open up further conversations. And quickly before I jump off, I wanted to touch on the Facebook rolling out the new automatic invites option, which will enable page managers to also run a group to invite their most engaged page followers to join their related groups as well. So if you host a specific group about fitness, but you have a sub page talking about running, for example, you could then invite people from your original group to the second group, things like that. So obviously they're just here growing that community led approach. So this of course could be a great way to build your Facebook community, which could be particularly helpful for brands as many of their page followers may not necessarily be aware that they also run a branded group. And Facebook has seen such strong usage of the groups with 1.8 billion Facebook users now active in groups every single month. Facebook also say more than 200 million people are now members of it identifies as a very meaningful group, which upon joining quickly become the most important part of your social network experience. So again, as we've said before, groups can be so, so good for your business. It's good as well because it's so consumer led. So it encourages so much more user generated content, more conversations, more images, more market led research. So much comes from groups that it's just fantastic to see from our perspective how much the audience is so much more open from a group perspective. So if you don't have one, definitely consider it from your business because I think it would be such a great addition. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this style of podcast. I really enjoyed kind of diving into lots of little things as opposed to one larger thing. But let me know if you like this style and hopefully I can do it again in the future. With that all said and done, I will now jump off, but I hope to speak to you guys again really, really soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.